the Cleveland Guardians are in a tie for first place in the middle of August, just like we all predicted. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about standings. We're going to talk a little prospects on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on right now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic, fine jewelry, and 25% engagement, ring setting. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians. Oh, sorry about that. Your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. I am Jeff Ellis, host of Lockdown Guardians, as I have been since the inception of the MLB Network here at Lockdown. Uh, before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7. So let's talk about it. Guardians win, Twins lose, 57-52, identical records. Uh, Cleveland, same winning percentage. So Cleveland's in a tie for first. It, you know, I still, this is why I kind of wish they'd done a little bit or something to improve their roster. Uh, I was recently, I had a listener, I think JD on Twitter was his name. I, I favorited the tweet so I can give him accreditation later. Uh, asked me about Rule 5 historical stuff. So I actually spent a good hour and a half this evening. Because it turns out there isn't a database uh, creating my own back to 1970. Um, as I sometimes like to show on OBS here, let me share my screen. And there we go, some annoyance with that. But if you look, I went through every single year and just put it right out there. You can see how often the Guardians have lost players, how rarely they have drafted players. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that'll be something to come up on a later show. But since someone asked, I thought I would share. I did some of the research this evening. I was also waiting to see what happened uh, across baseball, honestly. But Cleveland is now in a tie for first. They still have their issues. Uh, they are not a perfect team. Nobody is. But, I mean, they're a first-place team right now. That is a huge deal. I don't think anybody... I mean, I know no one did. <laughs> we sat there and did our preseason roundtable. And I'm like, hey, Cleveland is a better team today than they were last year. And last year they were hammered with injuries. Yeah, like if this team didn't have Shane Bieber for most of the season like a year ago, uh, they wouldn't be in first place. But they've had a healthy Shane Bieber. And yeah, the velocity's down, but it doesn't change the fact that he's still incredibly effective. Uh, been a top three pitcher in most American League stat categories the entire year. Let's go ahead. Uh, I still see people putting the Bieber doubt, the Bieber hate. He is still the ace of this staff. McKenzie, when he is on, is better. But in terms of consistency, Bieber's the ace of this staff, and it's, it's not really a close competition. Uh, Cleveland is still a game out of the wild card, and Baltimore is half a game back, so they're they're farther back in the wild card than they are in the division. Cleveland has won three in a row. Minnesota's lost two in a row. You know, one of those being the controversial uh, obstruction call uh, in Sunday's game. But uh, yeah, I'll take it. I don't think we've had an official announcement for what's going to happen. Uh, I don't need to keep displaying image. Sorry, everyone, about that. That had to be really annoying. About. You know, who Aaron Savale is going to replace tomorrow. 
my personal thought after today's game and experience, um, maybe it's time for Eli Morgan to go to AAA. Not saying he needs to stay there. Not saying you need to send Eli Morgan down permanently. But with the struggles again today and everything else that's occurring, and if you want to keep Jake Jewell on roster, for instance, until the point where you need to cut him to bring up Cody Morris, then it might make sense to send down Eli Morgan, who struggled, who has options left, uh, to call up Aaron Savale. And then you can always bring him back. Or, I mean, personally, I think, you know, the other bit of news we got today is the Guardians only have one player who's not going to Toronto, and it is a shock to no one that it is 99. Uh, We all knew 99 wouldn't go. The question is, would there be anyone else? And there isn't. So we'll get into some of the options to go up uh, with that particular situation. But just going back to today and going back to, like, how they're going to get a starter for tomorrow, they're going to call up Savali. That means somebody needs to go down. So unless it is, you know, Cody Morris is close enough that they are going to just go ahead and cut Jake Jewell, open a 40-man spot, call up Savale, and then move Morris onto the 40. But if they're not going to do that, it does make a lot of sense. After he pitched today and continues to struggle, and we'll get into a little uh, Eli Morgan today, to send him down. We'll see if that happens, but that is my idea. Going into today's game... This one was a lot closer than it really needed to be. Uh, you know, the Guardians had the advantage for most of the game. Shane Bieber was brilliant. Seven innings, four hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Uh, 99. Like, my personal view was just go ahead and let that dude pitch the ninth. Uh, right now, he might be their number two reliever. No worse than their number three reliever. Stefan, 99, Class A. That's your back end, guys. But he had an eight-pitch inning. That's why I was kind of like, send him back out. Like He's not going to pitch all weekend. He's still going to be okay to pitch tomorrow's game or you know another game in this series. You're probably not going to have him pitch in all three games no matter what. But send him out, right? In eight pitch inning, he is okay to go out and pitch again. Uh, but another brilliant performance, very much looking like the pitcher of two years ago, which just completely resets the pen, makes it a much more interesting pen. Uh, Eli Morgan, oof, it was rough. Yes, one of the two earned runs came on a Class A wild pitch, but still, he got the bases loaded. He could not record outs. He, I mean, the the ball four that he threw, I don't know if the ball slipped. His final throw, I don't know if the ball slipped or if it's just like he's so... I mean, he looked like he was giving up on the pitch partway through it. Just the, the body language was bad, and that's... I, he needs a pick-me-up. He needs a confidence boost. He needs something. But the body language was pretty terrible in the ninth. Uh, Class A comes in, does have the wild pitch, but picks up and save 25 by getting the uh, final out. Comes into an extreme high-pressure situation. Does really well. Uh, who reached base multiple times? Well, Ahmed continues to stay hot. Three hits in this one. Two hits by Oscar. Two hits by Andres. Uh, hit and a walk by Quan, And that was the only walk. Box score bingo of it all. Cleveland had 11 hits and one walk, so that gave them 12 opportunities. That should come to about four runs. They got five because they had a whole lot of extra base hits. Ahmed had two doubles. Quan had a double. Oscar had a, a double. Andres had a double. So that's, what, five doubles right there, five extra base hits. That's how they got the extra run. Detroit had six hits and three walks. That's nine opportunities. They should really have ended up with three runs, but uh, they weren't, you know, just weren't able to. Of those nine opportunities, what, 
four of them came in the ninth inning. Like they, they had five opportunities in the first eight, then four in the ninth. Uh, yeah, it was it was a rough ninth, ninth inning. It made you be like, you can't, you have to beat the Tigers, right? You have to beat a bottom three team in baseball. Three stars in this one. Well, Ahmed, pretty easy with three hits, and two of them being doubles. My co-host really wants to talk, but I'm not bringing him in right now. Beaver for going seven innings and allowing five base runners. I think that is pretty easy as well. And then, you know, I just kind of look at this and I go, was it Andres? Is it Oscar? I'm going to go with Andres for also the amazing defensive play he did in this one. He continues to be just a stellar player, a, you know, a star up the middle for the Guardians. And someone I kind of hope they enter uh, conversation extension conversations with this offseason. I said the same thing about Fran Mill last year, so sometimes I don't get it right, but uh, I would feel comfortable with that. The weird thing with this lineup, though, what is the point of calling up Ty Freeman? What is the point of calling up Will Benson? What is the point of calling up Nolan Jones when these guys aren't playing at all? Um, I mean, Jones is... How are they going to get any rhythm, anything at all? I understand this is a lefty on the mound. This is not the ideal, but Owen Miller is playing every day, and there's really, that's not ideal. Josh Naylor, he had a, you know, Miller and Naylor both had timely hits in this one, but they were both pretty awful against lefties. Let Ty Freeman at least play. He should have played, um, I don't know where you put him. I mean, have him play shortstop and let Ahmed DH today. Like, that would have been fine. Um, Use those players. You know, Oscar's been solid since he's come back, but it's just interesting because, like, I don't know anyone who had him higher prospect-wise than, like, Nolan Jones, and I get that Oscar, you know, got the first opportunity, he ran with it, but you need to let the other guys play, or they shouldn't be up. Like, you shouldn't have Jones and Benson up if you're not going to play either of them ever. Uh, Yeah, I I don't kind of get that. That's my one complaint right now uh, so far, is I don't understand the point of calling up the young players and then not letting them get any reps. We're going to take our first break here. Uh, come back, discuss a little Eli Morgan and what has gone wrong there. Uh, discuss who could be the replacement for 99 when they head to Toronto on today's Locked On Guardians. We have a new sponsor. Yeah, I always like it when we get a new one. Uh, did you know the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It's responsible for flushing out harmful toxins and igniting your fat-burning metabolism. Thanks to modern diets, rich and unhealthy processed foods, and constant exposure to thousands of man-made environmental toxins, most of us have overworked livers, but it's now easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism. Thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients like turmeric, or turmeric, beet, and artichoke extract. I'm a big artichoke fan and a beet fan, honestly. All of which work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. No more bloated belly. No more uncomfortable digestion. No more feeling tired and low all the time. And best of all, the Fred Help formula makes it easy to maintain a healthy body long-term. As a listener of the show, you can try it free and get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe, natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to naughty foods. That makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. Go to liverhelp.com backslash MLB to learn more. Again, that's get, I'm sorry, that's getliverhelp.com backslash MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of CurbFit with your order. Go to getliverhelp.com backslash MLB to get started today. 
So what's wrong with Eli Morgan? Well, I mean, watching him pitch, confidence is an issue, okay? Like, the confidence was not there in today's game. The other issue is honestly going through and looking at his data. We look at first half, we look at second half. What stands out between those two things is BAPIP. He was incredibly lucky in the first half, a 170 BAPIP. That's about 120 points below where it should be. So he was very lucky when he was really good. When he was a sub-2 ERA guy, he was incredibly lucky. Second half, um, the BAPIP is 500. (laughs) So for as unlucky or as lucky as he was, he's been even more unlucky. So it's going to balance out. My bigger concern with him right now is, again, confidence. Like if you Let me know if you think I'm reading too much in the body language. He looked shot. He looked like he didn't have any faith in what he was throwing by the end of that ninth inning. But, yeah, he's, it's just been a matter of batted ball luck. Batted ball luck has been pretty terrible. A 170 bat pip led to a 148 average. Now, like I said, that means that it should probably be closer to a 270 average which would make him not as effective, but he still had a 316 FIP. The second half, the 500 is like to a 417 average. Okay, so that means take about 210 points off that and you're at a 200 average. So he's he has been incredibly unlucky. His FIP is still a 375. Uh, what is interesting is the X FIP for him is, there's a big jump between the first and second half. Now X FIP, normalizes home run rates and his home run rate in the second half has gone up but only by about half you know from 1.3 to 1.9 that's not a huge jump i still prefer fip to exit because i don't think you should give everyone equal home run rates some guys are more prone but yeah just looking at that very basic data yeah he's not missing bats like he did that's the other big thing he was striking out 32 percent of 33 percent of batters to 21 percent of batters so they're seeing it better they're hitting it much better. I don't know if he's tipping. I don't know if it's, you know, now there's enough tape out there that it's just been easy to watch and pick things up. But it is, it's very clear that confidence is an issue right now and that, you know, there is some bad luck and that he's just, you know, the book is out on him. And we're going to have to see how he can adjust in terms of what he throws. But it's just, it has not gone well for Eli Morgan in the second half. And it's, it's just going to take him getting back to where he was um, confidence-wise because that was a big thing for me. Watching that game tonight, by the time you know he had already given up the run and it's you know he got it to another full count, he's a control specialist, and I mean his control was not good in that inning. Like, the reason I always really believed in him was because of his ability, you know, having the two-plus pit, well, having the, the plus change, one of the best in, in baseball, I would argue, and then just having the fastball to set up that was good enough you know i i've always believed in eli morgan i've always been higher on him than the crowd i'm just kind of curious to go pull up like his fastball spin rate is not high interesting they've added extension to uh to the the salon data uh, but you know expected batting average is great expected slugging expected era whiff percentage expected your walk percentage still 99th percentile he does not walk many guys k 90th percentile chase rate 72 Fastball velocity, 26. That is an issue. Uh, but, yeah, his I mean, his change is such a good pitch. It is his number two offering. His slider occasionally shows his 55% fastball, 32% change. He might even want to throw that more. But I think right now it's a matter of confidence and then just luck, unfortunately. So let's discuss 99 is not going to Toronto. 
it is what it is. Moving on. Who should replace him? Now, the you know, the obvious choice would be, yeah, do a jewel, bring up Morris, run with that. But remember, this is a chance to let someone pitch uh, who you don't have to add to the 40-man. He can be with the team for three days. You can use him up. Or you can also reward a pitcher. So if I'm just going through and looking at the Columbus Clippers, like, top performers this year, you know, is it, you know, people will bring up Miklo Jack. He hasn't missed bats, and he's walked a lot of guys. Like, an 8.7 strikeout per nine for his stuff is kind of low. And then a 4.6, his walk rate is up. So not nothing against him. I mean, I thought he was going to be in the, not in the rotation. I thought he'd be in the pen at some point this year. It just hasn't come together for him. Uh, you can go down the list. You know, they've rewarded a few players already. Xavier uh, you know, Curry, we'll talk about him and Cody Morse in their game tonight in segment three. You could do that. Uh, you know, Tim Heron has been a little more walk, and he's been very hittable in AAA. But the, the guy who I think just keeps reforming at a high level is Nick Enright. So 14K per nine. 1.4 walk per nine, 1.9 home run per nine. Again, very home run heavy park, but still, he has been dominant at every stop, every point of the way. Uh, you know, he, he's interesting because out of high school, he was a 19th round pick. Goes to uh, Virginia Tech, right? Uh, Virginia Polytechnic Institute. That's Virginia Tech, and ends up being a 20th round pick out of school. So goes around later. And has just been a solid performer, working his way through the system and then really popped this year. But, I mean, go back to last year. His season, 13.7 strikeout per nine, 2.0 walk per nine. This year it's 12.5 and 2.1. He just continues to perform. I think Nick Enright makes a lot of sense in terms of rewarding a player who has done everything that's been asked of him, played at a high level, and played well. And you don't have to add him to the 40-man. I don't know. I'd have to check. Uh, Andrew, if you listen to the show, let me know. Uh, I talked about him on the show the other day at Fever Dog. He knows all the rules. Uh, I know adding Enright would not count towards a 40-man roster change. Does it affect service time? Uh, and I don't think he necessarily worries much about service time like someone with Enright, someone like Enright. But I think he is kind of the interesting guy to consider down there. If they're going to add someone. Now there's always just the other way of, hey, we'll add Tanner Tully back again. And, and I don't necessarily argue against that just because Tully has been the ultimate organizational soldier. I think he's probably going to eventually be a coach. He has done everything they have ever asked of him without complaint, so they might reward him again, but I would really love to see an opportunity for them to bring up um, you know, a guy who has not had that chance, and they have this opportunity to do it without affecting their 40-man roster. He's not going to be Bo Naylor. <laughs> I can't see them bringing up a third catcher for that series. I know people thought it would be very cool if he could make his debut in, you know, Canadian kid debut in Canada, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, we're going to take our next break. Now I talked about Enright, and we're going to come back and talk about uh, AAA because there was a game tonight that was definitely worth talking about. We talked about Blue Nile at the top of the show. Let's continue to discuss our you know, main sponsor for the day, that you know, Blue Nile was the original online jeweler and that they want to celebrate life's special moments by creating a custom ring. And that's the big thing. This is not cookie cutter. It's not you're going to spend this money on jewelry and then see someone else wearing the exact same model or piece. This is original custom jewelry. Make your moments sparkle with Blue, uh, Blue Nile. 
Blue Nile has simple online tools that you choose to dive in shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting and style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available by phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget and make your moment sparkle. Sparkle? Sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. So, tonight, the Clippers were facing... uh, Man, I, I can't even tell what that emblem is. Uh, Twins minor league affiliate, Aaron Sanchez. I went and pulled up his numbers. I hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, it, you know, actually had a, a ton of former guys who pitched in the big leagues. So when Aaron Sanchez to Brian Moran to, I believe, Phil Gossett, Jarrell Cotton, Drew Stotman. And I didn't look at Feliz to see if that's Nefaliti for Feliz. But, uh, no, Michael Feliz. So there we go. The one guy who I don't believe has pitched in the majors. But, yeah, they had a bunch of former pitchers go in this one. But nothing compared. Uh, Curry had a no-hitter entering the sixth. He ends up giving up two runs. Excuse me. Got a bit of the hiccups right now. He gave up two hits, walked four, struck out six. Uh, Then Cody Morris comes in. And what does Cody Morris do in three innings? Strikes out seven out of nine batters. Seven out, you know, records, I should say. Seven out of nine outs. And then strikes out seven out of the ten batters he faced, allowing one walk and no hits. Uh... First inning, mid-90s. Second inning, you know, uh, I was looking at a tweet from Zach uh, at Vino. Sorry, dude. Having a moment. But, you know, he said he was 97 in the the second one. Uh, It was just, you know, utter nails by those two players against the Twins minor league affiliate. And that's a team that's got some good players in it. Uh, I believe it's got... uh, We had... We have a, a, a brother battle. I don't, I don't think uh, no, because Jermaine is uh, Palacios is not the one. It's not Josh. It was Josh and Richie are the brothers? I think that might be a cousin. Matt Wolner is an interesting prospect. Uh, Bishop's been around. Ben Bishop, I believe, has been around. So there's some players in this that stood out. Uh, I also was this George Valera's uh, AAA debut. Might have been, right? He had two walks, no hits in this one, two strikeouts. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, but what stood out is the pitching. I mean, what Curry and Morris did. Final line for the two pitchers, nine innings, two hits, five walks, 13 strikeouts. They were dominant. Uh, I believe Morris needs to be added in a in the less than a week, and at which point we assume Jake Jewell will go away. Uh, that's what probably makes the most sense and then i i don't know if they're gonna you know move him up immediately it listen brian shaw isn't going anywhere let's be honest uh he's not he's gonna keep getting opportunities and keep making more and more money because he's his bonus is not based on performance it's based on just appearances so he'll keep appearing uh, but Morris should be one of those players that, you know, when the roster expands. When the roster expands, they'll bring up a pitcher and they'll bring up a third catcher. Probably Lavastita over Naylor because they're going to want Naylor to play every day. 
and he's already on the 40 man uh lavastita is not nailer so they'll probably do that i feel like those are the, the natural go-to's that's going to be kind of their big move I don't know if you're out there and you're like, that doesn't count as a big move. Fair enough. But this is not really a team making big moves all year. They just continue to be successful, and they're in first place. So we can mock them and say all we want, but at the end of the day, uh, they're in first place. It is mid-August. They're in first place. They continue to be a very interesting young team where the top prospects haven't even really hit yet. We haven't seen so many of the really interesting uh, young kids, but we will in the next year or so. Uh, I can say here, according to at JL underscore baseball, Morris's rehab status ends 8-12, so he does need to be added to the 40-man this weekend. So the question is, when he has to be added, do they promote him and uh, put 99 on the you know unable to play list? Do they give someone else like Enright that opportunity? I'm not sure, but right now they have some fun options. And that's the thing. You go and you look at this pen. Morgan is struggling. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, Henches, in his role, solid. Sandlin has been great since he has returned. Uh, 99 since he has returned has been basically the guy where he was a top 10 reliever in baseball. Class A might be the best reliever in baseball and has made a strong case for it. Trevor Steffen has been solid all year as a back-end role. You go through this list, and uh, Eniel De Los Santos, I mean, he's worked. He is fine. He is a major league bullpen option that you're not looking to upgrade from. Jake Jewell hasn't played. You know, he, he had some good numbers in the minors, but Jewell, Morgan, and Shaw, eh, and again, I feel like a lot of it with Morgan is bad luck. And then, like I said, tonight looks some confident stuff. So you figure things out, but it, Shaw should be gone. Let's just say it. Shaw should be gone with what Morris is showing he should be up. Uh, especially because, like, you, you leave Shaw on this roster, you're just costing yourself money. Like, I'm almost surprised that, you know, no one's like, hey, let's just let him go anyways just to save money because he's going to keep hitting those escalators because Tito's not going to stop rolling him out there until you literally have to roll him out there. That's that's when it would end. But, you know, that's where this team is. They are in first place, and I get to complain about bullpen because, like I said, it's minor quibbles. It's just the minorest of quibbles. It's that. It's not letting the young kids play. It's for someone who gets very focused on platoon splits, Ty Freeman should have been out there today. Like he should have been. That's if you're gonna be, if you're gonna trust Ernie Clement against every left-handed pitcher, then please trust Ty Freeman against them. But it, it's that. It, it's a fun team. The lineup is so diametrically different from this time a year ago. If I pulled up one of those lineups, it would be amazing to look at the change. It has been a fun year. Hopefully, like I said, we'll continue to see some of these young kids play, and we'll see a team that maybe can find their way into the postseason. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Guardians podcast. For today, remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on, I mean, I think you can now, no, you follow on iTunes. You subscribe on YouTube. And just in terms of some uh, some things, you know, I always do at the end here. Uh, thank you to Seanisms for the review on iTunes. Thank you to NovB Guy. Uh, <laughs> I appreciated your Ty Freeman statement. 
Uh, but what I appreciate most about that Ty Freeman statement is shows we can disagree but still have fun talking about the Guardians. And thank you to Belligerent Smurf. I, I like that name there, Belligerent Smurf. Um, thank you for your reviews. And hey, we pushed the irate Twins fan out of the top reviews. Uh, again, thank you all. Let's keep push, push, pushing, get those numbers flying as this team flies to the postseason. Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft, or you can just leave a comment here on the YouTubes. I always respond to them as long as you're not a bot posting things in Spanish about um, a personal private nature. Those I just delete. Or, or if you're being belligerent about name change, I will delete that as well because I, I can't add to that discussion. If you want to talk about things, we can totally talk about things. But if it's just like thumbs down i'm like i I didn't change the name uh (laughs) thank you for listening and as i end every show now go go guardians go